The Daily Ding is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know the NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way into the game. You know, there are the panoramic seat view photos from every single section as you're navigating through the app. It makes it simple, quick and easy to just find the seat you want, find the view that you're really looking for, and then two taps to check out. It's just that easy. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Oh, good D. Let's go. Get that. Get that glass. Let's go. Give it to LeBron. Let him run the point. Space the floor. Space the floor. Take your time. Lob up. Oh, that's a foul. That's a foul. Hey, I got to get back to my seat, man. I'm going to go back over to my seat. Cause... I thought you were going to go take one of the whistles. Y'all having official. too much fun over here for me. <laughs> Y'all doing too much, man. I'm going back to my seat. I can try in Spanish, but I ain't really that good at Spanish. This how it goes. When I hope, I have no friends. On Tyler Noah's ass should have got thrown out. If I was a rep, I would have tossed his ass. How dare you? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Nitsan Lucene with Rob Lopez still sleeping because he forgot to set his clock back. But coming up on today's Daily Ding, the Heat embarrass the Rockets, the Kings embarrass the Knicks, and LeBron and Luka embarrass everybody. But first... Dwight Howard really is back. The Lakers win 103, Spurs 96 in San Antonio. LeBron James had a second straight triple-double, the first Lakers since Lamar Odom in 2006 to pull that off. But the story tonight was Dwight Howard playing like Dwight Howard. Yeah, he's been consistently great for the Lakers, and I think tonight was just exceptional from him in that fourth quarter. Um, I'm just wondering how long before he makes it into the starting lineup if he continues he he's got to be in the starting lineup from or rather he's got to be in the core lineup that closes games a guy that's you know like he's the important center but if he's playing like this coming off the bench and he's the one getting most of the minutes while Javale is starting do you mess with that i mean usually the logic is yes but right now it's like it's so hard to get Dwight Howard to really play in a calm and coherent and aggressive, effective way. And for some reason, they've somehow figured it out. So I feel like I'd be scared to mess with that. Is it that hard to get him? You know, we've seen him do this. Dwight Howard is good. People forgot that. And this redemption tour has just kind of proven it a little bit. I don't think that it's that difficult to get him to play this way. Um, You're right, though. Like, do you mess with it? I think the only reason I say yes is because the Lakers are prone to these insanely slow starts so do you insert Dwight Howard into that and then you still you know give him the majority of those minutes but you also start off with him to kind of offset uh some of the struggles that they usually have early on in games and and to be honest I'm just being a BS talk show host like yeah you start them it's like you you play (laughs) you've I'm just doing that to set up the segment but like come on like you play Dwight he's playing well what's the downside of him playing with the starting unit more who is thriving he's really thriving off of playing with LeBron uh he just it What's so surprising is that his defensive intensity has been pretty persistent. I mean, there's still some some layoffs, which is going to happen. But like he's engaged in a way that we just haven't seen him in years. And it's very clear that, 
you know, he's on that. He had, he really hit rock bottom, really learned his lesson. This is his redemption and he's really making the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you brought up defense. I want to talk about the Lakers defense because chalkingly good. I don't know if I should be as surprised as I am, but it was actually just really impressive seeing the way that they played um, on that end. And, you know, San Antonio isn't exactly an offensive powerhouse, but to beat a team like that on the road, you have to put in effort. Oh, for sure. And I think this team was a team that we knew had the defensive talent. The questions I think were more about how did they make a bunch of potentially disjointed offensive pieces fit together. But with a good defensive starting center right now or core center right now, it's like they've got some great defenders all around the court between Danny Green. LeBron, when he's on, is incredible. We've seen him make some huge defensive plays so far in the last few weeks. AD obviously is one of the best at his position in the game. And, you know, they have Avery Bradley starting as the the quote-unquote point guard, and he's really filming his role as the on-ball defender. And, in fact, when he's playing point guard defense, I think it really plays through his strengths even more. He actually had a fire shooting night. He was seven for nine from the field, but also hurt his left leg. Still waiting on a diagnosis on that. But do you think the Lakers, is is this like, are they playing up to their potential right now? Or is there still another level for them to go? Oh, there's absolutely another level, right? Like we're still, I mean, the talent on this team is incredible. And I don't think that we've seen them play with the type of chemistry that we should expect to see in a few more months. Um, And, you know, we also don't know what this team is really going to look like post-trade deadline, but I think that this team can reach like just much higher levels. And mind you, they've started the season 5-1, that one being the loss against the Clippers, like their very first game playing together in the regular season. So I think this team is going to be scary good in a few months. And they just got Kyle Kuzma back, who was uh, pretty rusty in his first three of the season that he hit was a half-court heave at the buzzer, (laughs) which then was followed by Rudy Gay hitting another half-court heave at the buzzer to end the quarter. Uh, But, you know, we'll see if Kuzma's still there at the trade deadline. But, you know, the Spurs deserve some commendation. They were doing really well in this game, and DeJounte Murray had a great Really, really great fourth quarter run. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, made some huge impact defensive plays. He really is back, isn't he? Wait, DeJounte Murray was incredible, but I'm not glossing over the fact that you said Kuzma might not be there after the trade deadline. Do you really <laughs> think that that's a scenario? You just went through it. I'm like, wait, I want to cut him off real bad. But uh, I don't, you know, you're not basing it off of how he's looked the past two games. He's just, oh, no, 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 just because right he can be, he can be a valuable trade asset in his contract situation sure. and the way that that roster is set up. It would, he, they're definitely, we have, uh, there are much more people, there are people that are much more plugged in in LA than I am who mm-hmm. have been, I've heard talking about this and I've heard those rumblings. Those rumblings are all over the league. Interesting. I think, he, I mean, what do you replace him with? Another good shooter? LeBron James. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's I think if you're trading Kyle Kuzma, it's to get uh, get another guard that can take the pressure off of LeBron to be a creator. That's I think that's the main purpose of that deal. Okay, well, yeah, back to the Dejounte Murray. Sorry, he was so fun. He was just incredible. I'm pretty sure that he scored uh, the first 14 points for the Spurs in that fourth quarter, which really kept them in the game. And aside from him. You know, Lakers defended really well, so the rest of the guys were pretty stifled. LaMarcus Aldridge had a terrible night. Well, DeJounte better keep it up because Derek White took a hard fall, and he was out after that. And hopefully he'll be okay. We'll find out soon. 
Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant-quality food with a living room dress code. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code DING. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code DING. Don't forget that's promo code DING for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Clippers with another win. They beat the Jazz 105-94 to at Staples. This was the rebounding performance the Clippers were looking for. They out-rebounded the Jazz by 17. The bench scored, outscored the Jazz's bench 50-19. to Kawhi got his 30, only on 9 for 26 shooting. It was not pretty. It was an ugly three-point shooting game. But these teams got to the line. There were 65 free throws between these two teams. It's what... What was what stood out for you in this kind of like ugly but beautiful game at the same time? I would never call this game beautiful. I think at the end of the third, it was like a 70 point game or something. And I'm like, what is the score? Um, and the 65 free throws, man, that the end of that fourth quarter took forever. But watching Kawhi do Kawhi things is always fun. Donovan Mitchell, too, was just incredible to watch today. He got to the line a lot. Towards the end, the Jazz were in the bonus with five minutes left to go. So, you know, both teams played super well. But if Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, there's not much you could do about that. They did a really good job keeping him one of nine early on in the first half. But then as soon as he goes off, what are you going to do? You can't guard that. It's funny. I, th- I felt. I feel like Kawhi and Donovan almost traded stat lines in this game. Where like Donovan was the one with the more efficient shooting numbers, uh, but Kawhi nine for twenty six, two for eight from deep. Uh, you know this. This was. You know Kawhi only had two turnovers, but it felt like a lot of those shots were almost turnovers. He was a little <laughs> bit wild in this one, but this was. I mean, th- you have the present of the league versus the future of the league in this, and the, I really love these matchups because Mitchell. Yeah, for for I guess he got some flack at the beginning of last year, but ever since basically the start of 2019, he's been averaging like 26 plus points per game, and he's very clearly established himself as a dominant scorer. And it was really interesting to see these two guys go up against each other to figure out like can Mitchell get to the type of highs as a scorer that Kawhi has been able to, and does that mean he can carry the Jazz to a title? I don't know about a title, but in terms of carrying the Jazz to the playoffs, which, you know, they'll undoubtedly make, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to score this way if Conley is going to continue to not score. That was my next question. Is Conley (laughs) ever going to score two for 10 tonight or last night? It was pretty ugly. Eventually. I mean, he's going to have to figure it out eventually. It's still early on in the season, so I don't want to overreact. But the Jazz, you know, nobody's doubting their defense. Offensively, though, you can't have Donovan Mitchell having a 36-point night. And then the second highest scorer is Bogdanovich with 19. And then after that, it's Gobert with 12. Conley's going to have to figure it out and have more of a presence on the offensive end if the Jazz want to make any type of noise in the playoffs. I mean, they could at least make a whimper if this keeps up. That's a noise, technically. A whimper. <laughs> I mean, what did they do last year? Last year they whimpered, right? They beat <laughs> <yeah>. the Rockets <laughs> once. Let's not I, do that again. 
I expect I'm really, better from the Jazz. I'm I'm really high on this team. I I was that way coming into the season. I still feel that way. There's, I mean, I need Royce O'Neal to maybe pick it up a little bit there, but uh, I I really like what they're doing. And Bogdanovich showed some nice playmaking skills in the uh, in the second half. I was really I'm really interested to see how him and and Jingles really figure out how to play off of each other. I'm still not comfortable with Ingles coming off the bench. I think he's just he's just too good. He should be playing 35 minutes a night. But I understand for defensive matchup reasons, why they wanted to have O'Neal out there next to Bogdanovich. But this team has the flexibility to be great, and I think they're just still figuring out how they all work together to be able to maximize it. Sure. All the pieces are there. I'm just not seeing it yet. I'm not as high on them as you are. I think defensively they've always been great, but offensively I haven't seen anything that makes me believe they can do anything. All right, let's get to some news. Cleveland Cavaliers general manager Kobe Altman has agreed to a long-term contract extension. Previous GMs did not sign an extension under Governor Dan Gilbert, David Griffin, Chris Grant, Danny Ferry. Kobe Altman finally gets the deal done. Draymond Green out, quote-unquote, a few games suffering a torn ligament in his finger. D'Angelo Russell is also battling an ankle sprain. I'm not sure if you heard, but Steph Curry has some sort of thing going on with his hands. So, Neitz, who is the best <laughs> player on the Warriors right now? Um, The parking attendant that helps you find the arena from the parking lot that's like a mile away from Chase. Um, and also probably Eric Pascal, sadly. Is that the same person? Yeah. There you go. You multitask, man. I've been saying ever since he's at Nova, Eric Pascal is a very multidimensional player. Clearly, he can do it all. So Zach Collins is having surgery on his dislocated left shoulder after multiple opinions are given to the Blazers center. Timetable for return will be set after surgery this week. Keep in mind that they have Hassan Whiteside, who is a mess half of the time. And then they also have Yusuf Nurkic, who is still recovering from breaking his leg back in March. And his timetable is pretty open-ended, so... So, uh, yeah, the Blazers are kind of thin at the big man spot right now. Speaking of injuries, Reggie Jackson will be reevaluated in four weeks with a stress reaction in his lower back. He's been dealing with it pretty much since the preseason. He only played two games and then has been out for the last four. Blake Griffin is expected to return this week, but still not finalized yet. But the Pistons really need some uh, somebody to get healthy at this point. The Jazz have lost Ed Davis with a fractured left fibula, suffered a Friday's loss in Sacramento. He'll also be reevaluated in four weeks. And speaking of the Jazz, we had them playing the Clippers last night. And Doc Rivers said that the team does not have a timeline for Paul George's return yet, but he will be reassessed next week. It's been generally expected to be back at some point during November. So it is November. It's getting close. Let's get to the rest of the games. We have the Heat 129, Rockets 100 in Miami. It was not nearly that close. Nitz, tell me how close this game was at the end of one. <laughs> um, was this like the highest scoring Heat quarter in history or something? You sent me something like that. How funny is that? This was bad. Rockets don't have any defense, and this is coming off of the fact that they let the Wizards score like 158 on them last week. Sorry, I couldn't stop laughing. That's disrespectful. 
I'm pretty sure that the Rockets were like almost on pace to give up 300 points combined in the last two games. So the Heat were up 46 to 14 after the first quarter. Um, you know, I, I think it was just a little bit of the Don Julio flu there for James Harden and the Rockets. I mean, they were so listless defensively. They looked like they didn't know what they were doing defensively out there. James Harden was switching on the Myers Leonard, who Myers Leonard parties like he's on South Beach every single night. So that's nothing to him. So Myers just completely took it to him. It was unbelievable. But this was the rocket system kind of falling flat on its face. Duncan Robinson had 23 points and six rebounds. He continues to make it rain from deep. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, after you know being at the front of the MVP race, if I do say so myself, for the first few games, he finally <laughs> cooled off. It's I got to tell you, the Warriors probably really regret not calling him up from Santa Cruz last year with the way things are going right now. Kendrick Nunn has been better than Steph Curry so far this year before they got hurt. So okay, let's relax. First of all, oh, I'm Second very relaxed. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very relaxed on that take. That's for sure. First, okay, another thing though, forget Kendrick Nunn for a second. This Miami flu, quote unquote. Um, I don't buy it. Like for your defense, come on, man. Like I get it if your shots aren't falling because you partied too hard the night before and you're feeling too hungover today. That doesn't mean that you can't, you cannot look that lost on no, that no, end. No, and it's not. What? I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, no, no. This is 100% wrong. The Miami flu particularly attacks your defensive cells in your, bio, in your body. <laughs> it prevents you from trying on defense, prevents you from getting back in transition. That's where it really kills you. It's that you get run How out How long the gym. does it last? Because guaranteed we're going to see this defensive performance from them for a while. Maybe James has been spending every night before the game in Miami. I don't really know, but something, <laughs> something's got them. <laughs> Don Julio is available in many clubs across the country, that's for sure. A quick shout out to Chris Clemens, uh, who had 16 points in his career debut coming off the bench. Uh, And then flip side to that, Russell Westbrook had a minus 46 in 26 minutes. We don't bring up the plus minus stat too often here because it isn't really worth much. But I thought that was probably the one stat that really captured the essence of this game. My God, that's so funny. I know. Oh, by the way, Dion Waiters and James Johnson were active after basically being suspended for the first or like the last month uh, because they allegedly were not in shape coming into the training camp. Dion played a classic Dion Waiters zero minutes, while James Johnson actually played really well. He had 17 points in 22 minutes. I saw a couple of impressive defensive plays there. So uh, the black belt is back for Miami. Now, the Kings and Knicks, another hideous game with a slightly misleading score, 113-92. to Kings win in New York. It's their second win in a row, so the Kings championship campaign is alive again. De'Aaron Fox at 24 points and six times, and a purely filthy windmill. We really need to see this guy in the dunk contest this year. Buddy Heald, 22 points, four boards, five for 11 from deep. Harrison Barnes, 19 points and four rebounds. All the King starters hit double figures. Marcus Morris really led the way for the next 28 points and six boards. He's really kind of been the heart and soul of that team so far. But the story of this game, RJ Barrett plays 41 minutes, has 22 points, is he tired or is just a rookie is what it says here in the copy. Now, the question is about the quote that Coach Dave Fisdale had after the game saying, 41 minutes total. Uh, you guys were losing by 20 at that point. He's already put on a lot. Do you worry about the stress? You're putting He's on? got the day off tomorrow. We got to get off of this this load management crap. That's so Latrell Sprewell averaged 42 minutes for a season. Like, this kid's 19 years old. Like, drop it already. RJ is 19, so he probably doesn't need to be sitting out. But load management is a real thing for guys that need it. But I'm curious what you thought of the quote. 
I don't see why he would need to not play. I agree with Fisdale. Like the guy's 19. He's a rookie. You're playing in New York. You're not playing for anything other than the regular season. You're definitely not making it to the playoffs. So get some burn. Play in a blowout. Who cares? Hey, RJ Bear is a championship player, and he'll be damned if you say okay. the Knicks can't make the playoffs, which they cannot. Offensive putting championship in a Knicks block. Uh, shout outs to producer Rob, who's crying somewhere right now. So Pacers 108, <laughs> Bulls 95 in Indiana. No Domas, no Miles, but TJ Warren is classic TJ Warren in this one. 26 points and five boards. Malcolm Brogdon at 22 in this one and was, I thought, filthy, at least in the parts that I was watching. He was really doing a great job getting to the rack, making plays. Zach Lafine had a solid 21-point game. Wendell Carter Jr. was huge early in this game. It was a ma- major reason why the Bulls were really in this one. He had 20 and 10. Mavs 131, Cavs 111 in Cleveland. My sweet baby boy Luka Doncic with his second straight triple-double. Had it before the end of the third quarter, so take that, LeBron. He had 29 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists. The Mavs, they had, I think it was 10 guys or 9 guys in double figures the other night when we were doing the show. Then last night, 8 players with at least 8 points. Everybody pretty much in double figures again. They've been incredibly well-balanced across the board. Brandon Knight in his Cavs debut at 10 points. Kevin Love had 29 points, but the backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland combined for 722. That was not pretty. Line of the night, we got the Doncic triple-double, the LeBron triple-double, James Harden's completely hilariously misleading 29 points. But Nitz, what is your line of the night? My line of the night goes to the Heat with the 46-14 after the first quarter. Congratulations. Miami stays undefeated when it comes to the (laughs) nightlife. That's going to do it for today's show. Do not forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We have your favorite shows like Back to Back, Tampering, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow to get notifications for the new episodes. Thanks for waking up with us. Take us out here, Nitz. Ding, ding.